Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. Today we're with Katie Adams of Stewart Flowers and Gifts in Stewart, Iowa. Katie's floral experience actually comes from an ag class in high school, but her journey took her from being a teacher to 4-H to corporate America before it came full circle as a full-time career. Katie's sharing about what it looks like to transition a long-time business to a new owner, how she's bringing out her creative side, what success looks like to her, and what we can all do to help out local brick-and-mortar flower shops. So here we go with Katie Adams. All right, we're here with Katie Adams of Stewart Flowers and Gifts in Stewart, Iowa. Katie, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me, Dana. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Oh, I'm so excited for everyone to learn about what you're doing. It's great. So start out by telling us about you. Are you born and raised in this area? No, which might be a shocker for a small town business owner. Yeah. Yeah. So I, my first 14 years were in Southern Indiana. Indiana looks like a boot. I grew up in the toe right next to Illinois, right next to Kentucky. And we were there for my dad's job. But my dad's from Albia, Iowa. My mom's from Kelowna, Iowa. So right before high school, we, the three of us, moved to Kelowna. And that's where I've called home since, I think, 2003. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so Kelowna, Iowa is where people around here in the Stewart area know me as being from Kelowna. Yeah. Okay. So how did you get over to this part of the state? So I, by education, am a high school English teacher. But after a couple years, I knew I did not want to grade papers every night for the next 30 years. So I did not resign the contract. I knew, I knew that is something I couldn't do. So I left without a job. But I, I found an ad in the Des Moines Register for, my aunt did. My aunt found a, an ad in the Des Moines Register with 4-H in Polk County. And I grew up in 4-H, grew up in FFA, and thought, well, it's still in the realm of education. So I interviewed, got the job, moved to Des Moines, and then met a dear friend out of Earlham, Iowa, got to know her entire family and crew of friends. Ultimately, that's how I met my husband, and that's why we now live north of Earlham, Iowa. But in that whole transition and travel, I did 4-H, and then that was nonprofit, so eventually I'm like, well, this is not my niche. I I want to try the, you know, corporate world, corporate America. So I dove into that, started at the bottom of a risk management insurance firm and worked my way up. And so I was there for five years. And that is where I was right until right before my husband and I bought the flower shop. Wow. Okay. So when did this idea come up? Did you have any experience in flowers? I do have experience in flowers. Okay. So in my FFA education in high school, I had taken every ag class except welding, which I actually should have taken Yeah. looking back. I would like to know how to weld. I know. I know. <laughs> so so my ag teacher suggested an independent study in floriculture. So I grabbed the old textbook, read it, did it myself, planned her sister's wedding flowers, went to a wholesaler in the, in the quad cities, and, you know holy cow, saw all the flowers, thought this is great, but never really considered it as a career. Yeah. So on I went to college and I told you, you know, I graduated as an, as an educator. Yeah. And, but in the summers I worked at a flower shop in Kelowna 
And so always had an interest, always had a passion, always grabbed some Trader Joe's flowers when I was there. Yeah. But again, never considered it as a career. And in my corporate role then, by the time I left, I had been working with a life coach. I had become really close to women in my church life group. And ultimately, the Lord surrounded me with people who prepared me to take this next step and and realize that this is where I should be. Wow. So was it an existing business? Yes. Okay. So we are the fourth or fifth owners of Stuart Flowers and Gifts. So talk about that place of tension kind of in between, like, I, I know I don't want to do corporate, but that's a big risk and a whole different field. So what was that like? And how did you kind of process all of that to get to the decision to go for it? Yeah, it was a huge risk because essentially you're walking away from stability. You're walking away from, I think, what several people grow up thinking they want. Yeah. On paper, I had it made. And I was in a leadership role at a young age, really. I'm in my 30s. So I knew, though, I was in this left brain role as a director of operations. And I'm such a right brain person. Uh I had an amazing, supportive boss, someone who wanted me to be the best version of myself and was trying to help me find ways to be creative. And ultimately what it came to for me is I just had this constant feeling that this was not the right fit for me. Mm -hmm. And so eventually I could not ignore that. And I had to make the best decision to fully immerse myself in a creative atmosphere where I was being right brain creative all day. Yeah. And I had been working with folks and surrounding myself with people who had made big decisions like this and took risks like this. My husband, I couldn't have made this decision without him because he was very supportive. You know, I had to have that support backing this decision. And what ultimately led me to look for flower shops was the the realization I had to do something creative. Mm -hmm. I had to be with people because that was the only way I was going to get energy. Yes. And so I was answering the question, what would you do if you knew you could not fail? Mm -hmm. And I looked at those three words, energy, creativity, people. And I wrote, I would own a flower shop. And I was sitting on my living room couch, reflecting about the prompts I had just answered. And I thought, what the heck? I Googled Iowa flower shops for sale and Stuart Flowers and Gifts came up. Which is literally like in your backyard. 10 miles yeah. down the road. And that's what I said to my husband. I said, there's a flower shop for sale 10 miles down the road. And he <laughs> and he's like, looks at me and he's like, well, you know you can't quit your job. And I was like, well, then forget it. That's the whole point. Yeah. Because, you know, he's thinking we got to like build this business and like, you know, we need some income. So when I say he was supportive, ultimately he was because we then sat on it for about three months. Okay. Not really actively thinking about it. More just like we knew it was there. Yeah. And I just kept being in this space of this is so not where I am supposed to be. Uh Uh-huh. 
and we were driving around on a Saturday or a Sunday, trailers hooked to the truck. We're picking up some Facebook Marketplace purchases, and he looks at me and says, why don't you do this? So we went home, and I looked to see if the flower shop was still for sale, and it was. And so that was kind of like his light switch moment. Yeah. So I emailed the shop owner because, see, it was it was not for sale on the website or on Facebook. or wow. It was on a an online site where businesses go to post their business. That was the only place it was listed. So I thought maybe it already sold. You know, like maybe sure. this is the new owner. Yeah. So I reached out. Sure enough, it was for sale. So we met with Christy O'Brien, the former owner. We Jeremy and I met with her. And within 10 minutes, we knew we were buying it. I love that so much. Yeah, it was unreal when I look back and look at that time. And just, I mean, really looking back, yeah, I can't imagine going through that again because it was so exciting, so unreal, but one of the best things that we've ever done. Wow. So what did that transition then look like for you? Did she kind of help you learn the ropes? Yes. So we met with her in June and we officially bought it October 1st. Okay. So I put in like a three month notice and then shadowed on the weekends and shadowed a little bit, but you know, she was awesome, still is awesome in terms of supporting us on social media and coming into the store. And so she has been a phenomenal help in this transition because she owned the shop for 17 years oh wow yeah so when you when you are that ingrained in the community it's important that you know you I I feel like it's important I recognize her strengths and what she brought to the community and we're trying to keep that going our community involvement but at the same time she was very supportive of the changes we made of you know the just changes being the way we I run the business, the way the shop looks. She's been nothing but supportive, which was huge. Absolutely. So once you got ownership, did you change stuff right away? Did you kind of have a vision for what you wanted? Yeah, so we knew there was brick behind the pegboard. See, our oh. building, yeah, yeah. Our When I first saw this for sale online, uh-huh. there was one photograph, and I what I saw in the photograph were two things that stuck out. Beautiful hardwood floors and beautiful display cabinets. And I saw potential. Yeah. That's what I saw. And so when we looked at the building, we knew there was brick underneath. And I, and there's pegboard. That, that's what was visible and lining the okay. walls. Because our building was built in 1909. And when you walk in the front door, you've already walked over the history of 1909 because you're walking over original tile that says clothing. It opened as a clothing store. Okay. It became a hardware store, an electronics store, and finally Stuart Flowers and Gifts. So all we did was expose the bones of the building. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what we did. We exposed the bones. It has great bones. Yeah. Cool tile. My husband and I, our style is rustic and kind of junk the way it looks yeah so that exposed brick and the ceiling tile that is original it's how it looked it's cool yeah so that that that's an immediate change we made and um and then otherwise um which really opened it up because yeah because um the ceiling was lower Mm -hmm. 
you know, and if you're removing pegboard, that means you're ex minutely expanding a little bit, just opened everything up. Yeah. So anyway, so we did that and, um, yeah, and it looks, looks a lot different. Yeah. I love it. It's such a cool vibe. Thank you. So you're coming up, getting up on two years in, mm -hmm. what have you learned in these past two years? I was just telling some friends last night because they wanted to know what is, what is it like? It's 24 seven, but you're not working. Yeah. Which is the weirdest. Yeah. That's a good way to comment and feeling. And I think I told this to a group of ladies earlier in the year and I almost, you know, it's not a negative statement, but it's, tr I think it's, for me, it's true. If I knew now, but I knew, if I knew then what I know now about being a business owner, I don't, I don't know that you're ever prepared. It's, prob right. it's probably like having a child, which I don't <laughs> yeah. have. They say you're never ready. Uh -huh. I don't know if you're ever ready to run your own business either. You wear every hat. You do every task. There are things you don't know, and you don't know that you don't know them. And, and I'm in awe of all the business owners in this country because we're yeah. all, like, just heads down, getting it done, and you're doing a lot. Yeah. So it's, again, it's, it's not meant to be negative, like, oh, it's so hard and all that. No, it's just you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So, like, kudos to the people who are giving it a try. Right. Which I think is awesome. I love it. I love that you can start a business. Mm -hmm. The other day, someone uh, on my team watched me write my title for a form I was filling out. And it said owner. And she said, how does that make you feel? And I'm like humbled because yeah. you think of an owner of a large company and you think I'm I'm the same uh-huh I'm the owner which is crazy but yeah. so humbling because and so neat because you can run you can own a business kind of the same concept of if you ran for an elected position mm -hmm. you have the freedom to do it the ability to do it and it's pretty cool that you can even consider doing something like this. Right. Yeah. To have the opportunity. To have the opportunity. And to fail. Even even the fact my dad ran. This, this is kind of where I'm coming from on this. My dad ran for county board of supervisors where I'm from. Didn't win. Mm -hmm. But he could run. Yeah. He believed in in the idea that his ideas and influence would matter. And so again, you could, if you believe your ideas and influence will matter, you could start a movement, a business. You could run for an office. I just think the fact we can do that is really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love that you recognize this creative side of you was really being kind of not allowed to come out. And I can relate to that. I, I did the corporate America thing and when I finally stepped out to be an entrepreneur, I couldn't believe how much more creative I got because I had the space to be more creative. Have you found that same thing? I was, yeah, I was free to create everything and anything. Yeah. And I also haven't had time to think about it now that you've asked me that question. Yeah. It's like, I haven't had time to sit back and think about it. Because when you asked, when you started asking this question, the first thing I thought of was, conversing with my former boss about how to be creative uh-huh and part of that conversation was 
you know, well, I could present things the way I want to present them. And, and at that time period, what we were presenting were like, you know, it was like COVID data. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, that's not the kind of creativity I'm talking about. And so I picked flowers because I knew that would be creative outlet. But to your point, not knowing how creative you can get is so true because yeah. you have to be creative in your time management, your social media, the, yep. the actual work I do, which for me is flowers. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you don't know your limits because you get out there and then you have complete freedom and it's, it's really exhilarating. It is. It, and it's kind of like the sky's the limit because nothing, there's nothing to limit you anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So you have kind of come into a business in Stewart during a really exciting time here. I mean, I used to live in the Des Moines area and we're roughly how far outside of Des Moines? Stewart's 30 miles. Yeah. So an easy trip from the city. Um, but when I was living here, there wasn't a lot going on here. And, and that was a while ago. But I think just in the last couple of years, we've really seen a revival happening in downtown Stewart, which is awesome. Yes. In fact, I was telling a group yesterday, six downtown buildings right now are, are recently purchased and going through renovations. So exciting. It, yeah, it's awesome. Uh -huh. Yeah, I, you know, I live 10 miles away, so I haven't been here to see a full transition like other citizens have. And what I've heard from citizens is that they there's a momentum here. It's it's totally transforming in what they're able to do in the downtown district, mm -hmm. which is really exciting to be a part of that. Yeah. So just to give people an idea, tell us about some of the businesses you have here because I feel like you're covering – a lot of different you're filling a lot of different gaps mm -hmm. yeah so what we actually I'll say this what is neat about Stuart one thing that I've noticed as someone who now feels like an insider as a business owner yeah. but who came here as an outsider yeah you can do so much in this community of 1700 aquatic center movie theater bowling alley and then you have the amenities um, like I have got the flower and gift shop. We also have Doa Deer and she is, she is really unique in the fact that she has her flagship store here, but she is in over 400 other retailers mm -hmm. and has a great online presence. So she is phenomenal when it comes to people wanting to travel here and see her store mm -hmm. and really, um, giving, giving the rest of the businesses then some great foot traffic. And then we were fortunate enough to be where uh, Maven Blush Boutique wanted to call home. She lives in Adel, but they they saw what was happening over in Stewart. There was a building available. And so that's awesome. She wanted to be here. We also have other entrepreneurs and folks who, again, not from here, but they were interested in Stewart. One couple, they lived in Bondurant. Mm -hmm. And they own the Scoop, the Stewart Scoop, our ice cream shop. And uh, they now live here and are very involved in the community. And then we have the Stone family who they own the Bonnie and Clyde Bank. And they are working on renovating that to be a wine and pie parlor to open in 2024. Ruthie's Parlor. So fun. I know. And they moved from Washington State. 
Wow. Yes. So we have locals who've invested. You know, the coffee shop, those are owned by local folks. Um, we've got Lewis Place, who does apparel. She's local. And we have uh, and, and we have our tried and true, you know, historical, Ruby's Pub and Grill, Johnny's Tap. Um, those are places that have been here a long time. They continue to be awesome spots for people. Um, but they have a historic presence and really neat history of being family owned and then like, you know, um, like original names or brick or something, you know, in the building. And so there are just really several neat pieces to each business that's happening in the downtown area. And we have an appliance store. I mean, there's so much to keep people in Stewart. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're seeing, we're just seeing a really great reason to shop here, eat here, stay here. Yeah. And live here because the town is working on developing even more homes for people. I love it. And you have a cool history, too. You mentioned Bonnie and Clyde. I feel like you have to tell people <laughs> the connection there. It's kind of fun. So, uh, yeah. So the there was a shootout with Bonnie and Clyde in Dexter. Yep. Not far from here. Not far. About four miles to the east of Stewart. And then the bank they tried to rob a couple years later is in Stewart. Mm-hmm. So right on the main street, right on the main street, right on the corner. Yeah. We see folks often coming here to take photographs of the sign and uh, we have a cutout car of the, essentially it was the car they were killed in. Okay. It's called the, the Bonnie and Clyde death car. It's a selfie station that we have next to the bank. It's a metal cutout. And so you can get behind it, get behind the window, take a selfie, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So, um, so, yeah, we have that history here. And, you know, that's is bittersweet history. Right. Some folks really appreciate it. Some folks don't like to be known for that because of, you know, what Bonnie and Clyde stood for. Mm-hmm. Um, my comment on that is it it's a, it's historical. It's, yeah. you know, they're they're well known. And these are the facts. This is where they, what they tried to rob. And when I was in Waco, Texas, at the Texas Ranger Museum. We even heard about them then because the Texas Rangers are ultimately the individuals tasked with stopping them. Yeah. And they did. So, you know, it's, it's not fun. just history here. It's history around the country, too, for them. Yeah. So it's neat that we that Stuart gets to be a part of that U.S. history. Uh-huh. And just another reason to put you on the map. <laughs> another reason to put us on the map. Yeah. A reason to stop. And uh, I was just talking with the owner of that parlor this morning. They want to you know, have like a wanted sign that you can take a picture with and and kind of um, do some mugshot photos in the parlor. And so that'll be a really neat spot for people to check out. Yeah, definitely. No, I'm excited by what I see going on here. It's it's fun and you can feel it just it's very full of life and you can feel it when you come into town. And that's that's great. That's what we all want, right? Yeah, it's yes, exactly. It's fun. And it. What I appreciate about Stewart is the townspeople are proud of what they have to offer. We have a historic depot that a group of people rallied for to fix. We have the historic Stewart Hotel, which is being renovated and has the coolest sign I've ever seen. The All Saints Center here, it was a political statement arson, and it was rebuilt. There's so much um, rallying around saving history here preserving it but also embracing new 
when I think about how many business owners here are new to Stewart or mm-hmm. new to being a business owner, mm-hmm. there's so many supportive people here who are helping us make it happen from, from town leadership to fellow business owners to veteran business owners and to, to citizens here who just want to see Stewart thrive. Yeah. There's a lot of support to be had here to feel, to know you can succeed. So that's exciting too. Yeah, I feel like that is what all of us listening would love to have. And some of us don't have that, but we're, we're working towards it. So what do you think is maybe the key ingredient to making that work here and having that perfect blend of history, but okay to move forward and town pride and all that kind of stuff? Stuart is really fortunate to have an individual named Bob Cook, who I call the town historian. Okay. He's very active on Facebook, sharing old photos, photos of what's happening today. And what he does is provide history and commentary on how appreciative we should be for what was, how fortunate we are for what is, yeah, and how excited we should all be for what is to come. And truly that is... To have a leader like that who's not in an official role mm-hmm. but truly motivates those who've been here, those who are new, that brings people together. That allows people to see the vision. Yeah. And that allows people like me, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is a young business owner, someone not from Stewart, to feel like I can do something here that's of value and that people will appreciate. Yeah. He makes you feel that way. And so I just think it's crucial to have an advocate. Some folks in town who are going to drive advocacy for the things we talked about. Yeah. That's great. Well, we'll, now we'll all be looking up his Facebook page. So we'll we'll put that in the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) He posts a lot on Stuart Hometown. So you can learn the history of, of Stuart Hometown. What has surprised you most about being here, being a business owner, all the, all the things, or been the most rewarding? The most rewarding for me is working with people. Working with flowers is fun. Mm-hmm. Working with people, while it can be challenging, is the most rewarding because I work with people on a daily basis in the store. Mm -hmm. However, I also work with people who are retiring or it's their first day on the job. They're getting married. They've lost a loved one. We know a lot about what goes on in the community because we're delivering flowers or a gift for life's reasons. Mm -hmm. And to be part of somebody's big day Um, you know, like a wedding to me is such a big deal because that's a one time thing. Mm -hmm. So we have to get it right. Mm -hmm. But the same thing is for a funeral. It's a one time thing and we have to get it right. Yeah. And that is how, you know, we can add color to what people are going through. So that's the most rewarding is to know you were part of people's life moments in the best way we can be 
in the mm-hmm. role that we serve in the community. That's a great way to look at it. So that leads me to my next question, and it, it might be the same answer, but what does success look like to you? Success to me, in what I was, in what I was after, I have achieved success in that I truly can tell you my cup is full. That's good. And my husband would tell you it's that we turn a profit. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta have both. (laughs) Yes, yes. He's my left left side of my brain. (laughs) But, um, you know, success to me is, is having a collaborative group here in town of business owners who... You start talking, you become friends and trusted advisors of each other because you trust each other. So suddenly there's a relationship there. That's success because then we can build this community together. Mm-hmm. And I have good friendships. I have I have good colleagues um, and, tr- and good great support in terms of leadership here in the town. Um, success for me is, goes back to what I told you, creativity, energy and people Mm -hmm. I have all of that in a way and in in an environment where I've never worked harder when I left teaching I left and I thought I will never work this hard again I wasn't like thrilled I was that wasn't like a celebratory like whoa I'll never work this hard again yeah it was like I just know a good teacher is working hard all the time and so I'm like okay probably won't work this hard yeah and uh I am working that hard again but it doesn't feel like I'm working that hard again it's different yeah Yeah. and so that's success too Mm -hmm. is is um an integral part of my decision to transition from corporate America into this role was also a podcast by Ken Coleman yeah and he firmly believes you have to use your talents to live on mission to like to you to get to like use your passion like use your talents to go after your passion and fulfill the mission your mission yeah and he and he believes everyone should work so you have to find what you should be doing yes and his his mindset on that I knew my I knew what my talents were and I knew they weren't being utilized yep and so that is exactly where I'm at. So actually the longest winded answer to your question, how do I know what success looks like and how am I there? I'm using my talents to pursue my passion to live on mission. And to, yeah, on mission, to yeah. help other people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I think that's that's going to resonate with a lot of people listening. That's why we do it. It's, it's what makes it worth it. Yeah, I... Uh, I went through a lot of hoops and and checked a lot of boxes to make sure I was making the right decision. Mm-hmm. But I also know and have felt as a believer that God pursues me to make certain decisions. I felt pursued. Mm-hmm. There was this constant feeling of this: you're not where you're supposed to be. Yeah. But I felt like a little bit... Everything about this, I should be liking everything about where I was. Mm -hmm. So I just know, um, you know, you'll continue to feel a certain way until you just finally go with what you've been feeling pushed to go toward. 
Well, and like for you, it all literally just fell into place. It did. I mean, to Google a flower shop and have it pop up 10 miles down the road. I mean. And happen to be for sale. And happen to be for sale. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. I love, I love that so much. So you have one thing that has stood out to me about you as I've followed you, um, which I did find out about you through Doe Deer, mm-hmm. who Doe Deer was probably in the first year of interviews I did. So you can go back and listen to that, but then go check out her socials and see where she's at now because yes. we need to do like a, a, a follow-up you because should. she's come a long way since then. You should. But she's the one who posted about you because she was excited that you were moving in down the street. And so then I started following you, and I just feel like you you are creative in the ways that you engage the community and the different things that you offer in the shop. And so um, that has stood out to me, and I, I just think that's really cool. Maybe just give people a little highlight of what some of those things have been. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to getting the community involved, every year we do what's called the Living Cross. And for me, that is a way to share a little bit of um, my background because my mom's church does a living cross every year at Easter. And we now do it every Monday, Thursday, so the Thursday before Easter. And we have a six-foot-tall, four-foot-wide wooden cross wrapped in chicken wire. And we provide the flowers. And so buckets of flowers sit around this cross. It's bare in the morning, and by the end of the day, it's full of flowers. And it makes a beautiful living cross because we're using fresh flowers in it. And it's our way to bring the community into our shop. It's it's our way of sharing that we're an environment that welcomes questions if you're wondering anything about faith or um, just letting you know that that's what we stand for in the shop and it's it's just a a way that is important to me to be visible in the community and known for that in the community mm-hmm. so um so yeah so we do that and then we're always game to have fun with several different events in town yeah reagan from doe deer we um hist- historically stuart flowers and gifts had always done ladies night and that's because prior to Reagan opening Doe Deer, Stuart Flowers and Gifts was one of the main retail options in the downtown yeah. district. Yeah. And so historically, it had always been done in the flower shop. Well, my first year, I asked Reagan, who at the only at that time was the only other retailer, mm-hmm. um, I said, "Let's do this together." And so we did, and it was awesome. People said they had never seen so many women in the streets of Stewart. Love it. And, uh, yeah, so that was great. That's become annual. Uh, we're, you know, we are, we just had Stewart's town celebration called Good Egg Days, and we expanded that, what that looks like, and part of it was to be a vendor. So we closed the flower shop, but we set a tent up in the park, offered a bloom okay. bar, you know, Fun. we're just finding different ways to be part of the community and be visible, be present. Yeah. Um, and then in our store, just some different offerings just so you have an idea because it truly is. The bulk of the business is floral, but it's Stuart Flowers and Gifts. My husband and I kept the name but added a logo and a branding behind that. But um, but we kept the name because we needed people to know where we were and what we sold. Yeah. Very basic. 
Totally. But, but yeah, you walk in, the front half of the store is gifts. It's gifts for the same occasions you'd buy flowers. And we focus a lot on Iowa and USA-made products. And um, and then the back half would be the floral the floral half. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so it, it really is flowers and gifts and um, you can find, we, it's our hope you can find a very unique gift for the person you're shopping for. Yeah, I love it. Well, what's next for you? When it comes to what's next, we are looking to continue to grow our interactive offerings. And so what I mean by that is We've had great success offering floral workshops, both on-site and off-site. Those will continue and those will grow. And we're looking to, um, we, we added online ordering on our, on our own website last, at the end of last year. So we're looking to continue having that opportunity and maybe, maybe expanding what we're offering online. But just focusing on growing our name Mm-hmm. and and working maybe more closely with some different vendors, wedding venues, I should say, um, and and just letting folks know that we're here. Yeah. And that we're easy to work with. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so it's really actually, a, it actually is a focus, um, a little bit heavier focus on the floral aspect. Cool. And you, you're serving, like, what kind of radius around Stewart? Our radius is a 25 mile radius depending on our availability we can go the full 25 miles however because we're a small mom and pop shop it is often um, especially now since we've grown and got our name out there yeah that we're more apt to share with you the name of a great florist a little closer to that town and keep our door open here in Stewart so that we're here for those in our community who are stopping by and depending on our constant consistent business hours we try to communicate as much as we possibly can about any changes and the ebb and flow of a small town business, like whether it's a chamber meeting or an event or something, you know, but, but we try to be there for, for our customers. So, so yeah, we, um, we always encourage you to call us and we will always help you have a good experience in the floral industry. Our ultimate goal is we want you to have a good experience in the floral industry. So, we will recommend someone, same thing if you come in and you need to send flowers to Iowa City, you know, we'll help you find an actual brick and mortar store and we'll help support the floral industry in that way and we'll help support small business in that way. That's important to us. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So how do we find you online on socials for anyone who wants to follow along? Yeah, we definitely encourage you to follow us on Facebook, Stuart Flowers and Gifts, on Instagram, Stuart Flowers Gifts. I think we might be missing an and in there. And uh, and then we have a website. And our website is stuartiowaflowersandgifts.com. A total educational moment, if I can indulge you, yeah. is... When you when you go to look up any flower shop, I encourage you and you being any listener out there, make sure you see that it's a brick and mortar because what happens often are that what we call order gatherers pay more money to be on Google and appear first and they have quaint names and they sound very local, but they're not. They take your order online 
and often those orders are named like sweet harmony or you know uh-huh. breath of fresh air or something <laughs> and then um then they want us to do it and so Stuart flowers and gifts we have our own website the approach we've taken is because we don't offer arrangements like a, a canned named arrangement we get fresh product in every week we buy from local growers when we can and so we have an ever-changing cooler of flowers and because of that we do a lot of designers choice we listen to your budget we listen to what you want and we put it together based on what you've shared with us and what the occasion is and so because of that our online offerings our designer's choice floral arrangements and so you pick the budget that works the best for you and then we put something together for you and deliver it so you'll know you're on our website because you'll see Stuart flowers and gifts our logo it's a pink rose a little trivia for you look for the Stuart s in the middle of that rose and uh, my pictures on the front page and then the items you order are very um, Reagan actually did them they're they're sketches so they're they're not you know, pictures of like real flowers, they're sketched in navy showing you a small arrangement. And so you'll know you're there yeah. by that, but it's just an educational moment to let you know that brick and mortar flower shops sometimes get thrown down the list a little bit. Yeah. No, thanks for telling us. Now we can pay attention. Well, we will link to all of that in the show notes. Awesome. Katie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was great. This is a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming to Stewart. Yeah. And everybody, if you're traveling across Iowa, it's right off the interstate. So come. It's worth the visit. Exit 93. There you go. Isn't that such a fun story? I love how all the dots connected to get Katie to where she is today. And it leaves me with a question for you. And it's the same one that Katie asked herself in this interview. What would you do if you could not fail? And I really encourage you to think about that and actually write down your answer somewhere. If you need somebody to share that with, you can always write it down in a DM to me. I love hearing your dreams and cheering you on as you go after them. For those of you listening to Katie's story and that stirred something inside of you, that thing that you would do if you could not fail, I believe those dreams are in our heart for a reason. I've created the Small Town Dreamer Discovery Course to help you explore those dreams a little more and see if they can actually become a reality for you. Go to ruralrevival.co slash dreamer course for more info. A year or even a month from now, you'll be so glad you did. Huge thanks to Katie for being on the podcast and thanks to you for tuning in. Have a great day, everybody. Everybody.